When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. It's about that time. Wellness <laughs> check time for Andre Snellings. I'm Michelle Smallman, Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Two hours in, where are we at on the caffeine meter? Hey, the, the, the coffee is gone. I got one more sip. <laughs> I've been holding on to it. And I didn't even realize I was sweating. Until I looked at myself, like, you could kind of see it in the Zoom. My, my forehead is glistening um, because, uh, yeah, the, the, this caffeine's got my heart beating. I am awake. I'm pretty sure if you put me outside, I could run a, a 4440 right now. You know, I, I, could, I could jump over a, a tall building. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I haven't hit the crash yet. I love that. Well, let's keep the energy rolling and welcome in the host of this fine program, Canty and Carlin. Chris Carlin is with us. And uh, Carlin, first of all, thanks so much for the time. Second of all, is there anything that impacts you uh, the way that caffeine is impacting Andre Snellings here today? I mean, you know, the typical, like alcohol, like I, <laughs> I you know, ironically, I'm somewhat of a lightweight when it comes to that, but I, I I'm fascinated by this now. Like, Andre, are you going to like later on realize that you texted somebody when you shouldn't have, it was like a, you know, one of those things, you up kind of a situation. I mean, what are we looking at here? Well, no, because uh, <laughs> one, I'm married. If I text anybody you up and it's not my wife, I'm not going to be married anymore. That's true. Um, That's true. <laughs> but, um, you know, caffeine doesn't make me forget it'll make me jump and, and dance on a table, you know, like it, it'll, yeah. it, it'll make me do something that, that, that I might regret. Like, I can't believe I did that in front of other people type things, but, um, but I'm going to remember it. So, so I don't get that blessing of uh, forgetting the craziness that I did. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I dance with that fine line every day of going over, over the caffeine limit and where it can just, it can really turn dark quickly. Once I start to get a little bit of that handshake, it's going to get ugly. It's going to get ugly. But, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't drink a lot of coffee now. Uh, I'm not going to jump into this whole story. But when I was in college, I didn't have coffee and caffeine in my system at all because I was competing. And one day I took a caffeine pill before track practice. And I was shot out of a cannon. I was so fast that day. Like, we had a dude that used to make nationals, Ike. I, I was dusting Ike in the blocks that day. And so I didn't even realize that caffeine could be a performance-enhancing drug this legal until the end of my track career. <laughs> See, now that's just disappointing. I didn't know I could cheat yeah, legally exactly. later until it was over. <laughs> exactly. That, that's really got to oh, man. That's like finding out you just took an exam that could have been an open book test. Exactly. After it's over. (laughs) Chris Carlin's with us on Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio. And, Carlin, we wanted to get your reaction to the headline coming out of Washington today, specifically Ron Rivera talking about players being concerned about their new offensive coordinator, Eric Biennemi's intensity. We're going to let you listen to what the commander's head coach had to say, and then we would want your reaction. Here is Ron Rivera. A lot of these young guys, you know, they do struggle with certain, certain things. Um, and a lot of you also got to take for where they've been. I mean, guys coming from certain programs are used to it. Guys coming from other programs aren't as much. So, you, you know, us as a coach, 
you know, I, I kind of have to assimilate and get a feel for everybody. You know, Eric has an approach, and it's the way he does things, and he's not going to change and, and, and because he believes in it. Jack has his approach. You know, um, having been a head coach, I think Jack has a tendency to try and figure guys out a little bit more as opposed to, hey, this is it, this is the way it's going to be, that type of stuff. Where Eric Eric hasn't had that that that, uh, that experience yet. Just that when they came to you, it was just they felt like Eric was riding them too hard or – well, um, they just were a little concerned. All right, Chris Carlin, your reaction to Ron Rivera's comments? I'm a little surprised that he would make that public. Thank you. Um, but basically what he's doing is calling the younger players soft. Um, I, I, I get it um, from the standpoint of, you know, this is, this is professional football now, and we're taking it to a whole other level, and there does have to be – a degree of toughness to it. Uh, just immediate reaction to it. Like I always look for where is, where is the benefit of a coach saying something like that? Is the benefit trying to deliver a message to the enemy of we need to treat different guys differently to get the most out of them? I don't think so. I think that's something he would talk about behind closed doors. I don't really understand that. I, I really don't. And I, I think more than anything, um, I can appreciate uh, wanting your younger players to get used to the coaching style because he's not going anywhere. But who does that serve for Ron Rivera? You know, did he just go a little bit far in what he was saying and didn't really realize it? I don't know. That that really is kind of a head-scratcher to me as to why he would say that publicly. Yeah, that's been – my thing all day has been – exactly what you just said what was the benefit of him doing that in a press conference because what you're pointing out him calling the the player soft he either could have done that in person or he could have done that through the media but without putting like it seemed like he put the enemy out there specifically like he almost like he was dry snitching on him like you know like me and the other coach we know not to 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 hurt the players but but the enemy you know he's old school he doesn't know it yet but so I guess my point is or my question to you is is there another way to take it outside of he was kind of cutting the enemy's legs off either intentionally or on accident? See, I would think that a little bit by accident. And if you're going to say that publicly, to me, it's more directed toward the players. Okay. But, um, but then when you follow it up with, well, some players were just concerned at the, at the end of it, like that, that two-second part of it is even more damning to me toward the enemy, which is, again, like, what, what, what coach publicly takes out an assistant like that on purpose? And, <laughs> Sean Payton. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> but, like, your assistant? Right. It right, not his assistant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, that, that was a, yeah, I get it, but, like, I don't understand where the benefit of that is for anybody. And if your players are soft, I think that's something you got to. All right, I get trying to say publicly and also delivering behind closed doors that message, but this, this, don't get. Man, I'm, I'm just hearing the context in which he's talking about it. I'm really struggling with where that benefit is for him. 
Chris Carlin, the host of Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio, joining Andre Snellings and Michelle Smallman. And I want to also get your opinion, Chris, on Jonathan Taylor. So we know that he is in a standoff with the Colts right now over his lack of a contract extension. Injured players are typically expected to be on the field for each training camp workout. Jonathan Taylor has actually left Colts training camp to continue rehabbing his ankle injury off-site. Now, the, the Colts are saying this is part of his rehab process. If you don't see him out there, that they were expecting this. But do you think there's more to the story here? Do you think Jonathan Taylor is making a statement? I think he absolutely is, and he's getting Uh-oh. We're losing not his rookie contract. This is the, the only time that he has a chance to have any kind of leverage in it. I feel like Jonathan Taylor is going to do everything he can here, especially the way that Jim Ursay has talked. Like he has not helped the situation. You notice that, that with some players that they really handle these things pretty well, like the 49ers and Nick Bosa. Yes. Taylor is a running back and it's different, but Jonathan Taylor's been pretty darn impactful to the Colts his first couple of years of the league. Um, it's just, I, I don't know why you would choose to treat this guy this way if you're Jim Irsay. It really feels stupid. And it's frankly aggravating every time I hear an owner talk about it being a privilege to be in the NFL when so many owners just <laughs> flat out come from privilege are privileged and frankly inherited the team not unlike Jim Irsay. Yeah. Yeah, so along those lines of what you just said, do you feel like the Taylor because he's still 24 years old and has so much of his future still ahead of him whereas many running backs like Saquon Bell or like Le'Veon Bell back in I mean I'm sorry, Saquon Barkley or Le'Veon Bell back in the day were 26, 27, maybe even 28 by the time they started pushing it to a head. Do you think Taylor might have found a little bit of the Da Vinci code for uh, getting some of the leverage back that the running back has been losing? Well, if he's going to have any, uh, and I do think he has a little bit, I think he has less than I initially did, but this is the only time you're going to have it, right? Mm -hmm. You're you're not going to have to pay the fines. The team can can forgive those. Uh, Look behind him at who's uh, there on the depth chart. Deion Jackson and, uh, you know, Ethan Hall, a rookie from Northwestern, there's not a whole lot there to work with. And then, at the same time, you have a rookie quarterback in Anthony Richardson. You want to not have Jonathan Taylor there playing for you with Anthony Richardson out on the field? I mean, you're going to get the guy killed if he's going to play early in the year. If I were the Colts, I wouldn't play him uh, before uh, Taylor is back. I I absolutely wouldn't at the very earliest. I, I don't think he's ready anyway, but... Like, that to me is just, it's senseless. I, if I'm the Colts, I guess the one thing I would look at is nobody expects us to win a damn thing this year anyway. So it's, it's that old mantra of, hey, we can finish, we finished in last place with you, we can do it without you too. His name's on the marquee of the show, Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. He is Chris Carlin. Chris, always love talking to you. Thanks so much for the time. All right, guys. Thanks. Thanks for hanging with us today. Yes, sir. Alongside Andre Snellings, I'm Michelle Smallman, and Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and progressive.com. So let's keep it in the NFL, Andre Snellings. 
I'm Michelle Smallman here in Canty and Carlin, and talk about Mike Vrabel and the Tennessee Titans. So on Saturday's game, it's Titans and Bears in Chicago, preseason game. Mike Vrabel is going to be on the sidelines, but he's going to have a different role, a new role. Here is the Titans head coach announcing what you can expect in the Titans preseason opener as far as coaching is concerned. I told the team and you know everybody involved here at the organization, uh, but Terrell Williams will act as the head coach uh, for Chicago. Uh, starting on Friday, so I think this is a great opportunity uh, for him and for for us and everybody involved. So Terrell Williams, he's the assistant head coach and the defensive line coach. He is actually going to serve as the acting head coach in this game of the Titans versus the Bears in Chicago. Um, he's Mike Vrabel, still going to be on the sidelines for the game. He's going to work with Williams and his assistant Clinton McMillan overseeing the defensive line. But I don't know about you, Andre. I think this is awesome. I think that this is an amazing opportunity for Williams. I think it really showcases Mike Vrabel's security and himself as a person and his position as a head coach on the team. And I think that he's giving an amazing opportunity to the people around him to elevate themselves as well. It is perfect. It is exactly what you would hope a head coach would do for an assistant coach in this type of position. You you pointed out the security that Vrabel has to feel knowing that he's a great coach and knowing that he brings something to the table mm-hmm. so he can afford to elevate those around him and help them to try to get to where they need to be. We hear so much about assistant coaches that are trying to become a head coach and the questions about, well, you don't have any experience running a team. So it's a preseason game, so it doesn't hurt his own team, but it just helps the coach to get experience and learning what it's like to be a head coach. He calls uh, he calls calls him Big T. You know, <laughs> if, if I'm Big T and I'm 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 happy to have this opportunity, and I'm happy to work with a, a a coach that's willing to work with me like that, and it maybe stands in contrast to some of what we've talked about going on in Washington right now. Yes, absolutely, and. You know, to have that security in yourself and your job, especially in the NFL, is so rare. Mm-hmm. How how short of a runway do a lot of these NFL head coaches get, especially one that hasn't won a Super Bowl? I mean, shoot, we're talking about Bill Belichick maybe being on the hot seat this <laughs> year. You know, you don't – NFL stands for not for long. Not so the fact long. that he not only feels that way about himself but about his position I think is very refreshing. Mm-hmm. And I also think that it allows for – greater understanding and respect amongst the coaches because they know that he truly does have their back and he truly does want to see them get more opportunities and have this as a reference point moving forward if they indeed want to be a head coach. And if if you're Terrell Williams and you, even if it's a preseason game, get to for a second see what it's like to be in Mike Vrabel's shoes, maybe you understand him a little bit better. Maybe you understand the way that he goes about things or you respect that position a little bit more, not suggesting that he doesn't. But, you know, I was a producer for a really long time, Andre, Mm -hmm. and I respected the hosts that I was producing for. I never understood what the job entailed until I sat in the chair and got behind the microphone myself. So I just think it's such a brilliant move by Mike Vrabel, and it's only going to 
pay positive dividends for the coaches moving forward. Yeah, experience is always the best teacher. And this isn't unheard of in other sports. Like, in a lot of ways, it's analogous to NBA head coaches having their assistants coach their summer league teams. You know, they, they get the, to, to see what it's like to be the man in the big seat that's setting the strategy and, and all of the things that come with being a head coach as opposed to being maybe more focused on being an assistant coach. And to your point, not only does it help to put the coaches in a better position moving forward, but it helps them to be better coaches now because they can maybe communicate with the head coach and understand what he's going through in a level, in a way that, that they couldn't without that experience. So I love everything about this story. Okay, so class is officially in session, Professor. So <laughs> you can follow Andre Snellings on social media at Professor Dr. Z. He's an engineer. He's an electrophysiologist or a neural engineer. Excuse me. <laughs> what was that word you just used? Because that is so far over my head. <laughs> I, I'm actually not even sure. <laughs> what analogous, word? you said? Oh, analogous? <laughs> yeah, so. Take uh, us through this, Professor. <laughs> what? I, I'm assuming that means like, uh, you know, simpatico hilarious. or something like <laughs> Give us the, the breakdown here. Yeah, you know, analogous means uh, comparable. It's, yeah, it's something okay. that you see in another situation that's similar to the situation you're in. My wife makes fun of me all the time, and, and my friends do as well, because sometimes a, a vocab word will slide out, and I won't realize <laughs> it, you know, because I'll, I'll be speaking borderline ebonics, and then I'll throw in a SAT word. And, analogous. And, and, and people are always like, what? Dude, you did it again. So I, I, I apologize. <laughs> no, don't apologize. It's a gift for all of us. And now I want everyone, including myself, to take this forward and use it in a sentence later today. Because I'm going to try to work it in later in the show. But I was like, wait, I can't be the only one who's never heard that word before. We need to circle back on that. But again, I, we both agree. Mike Vrabel having his assistant Terrell Williams serve as the head coach in the Titans preseason game on Saturday versus the Bears. Great decision. And I think more coaches should uh, use this as a the blueprint moving forward. He is the professor, Andre Snellings. I'm Michelle Smallman. It's Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. And coming up next, our ESPN Radio NFL two-a-days rolls along. We take a look at the Detroit Lions. Are they a lock to win the NFC North? We will examine it next. Keep it right here on ESPN Radio. Analogous. (laughs) This is the Canteen Carlin Podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. 
Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Alongside Andre Snellings, I'm Michelle Smallman, Scanting Carlin on ESPN Radio. And ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. We continue our ESPN Radio NFL Two-A-Days. And we're going to take a look at the Detroit Lions. And Andre, we talk about so many teams having pressure surrounding them heading into the 2023 season. We mentioned the New York Jets, the Dallas Cowboys. What about the Detroit Lions? Here's an organization <laughs> who hasn't had a lot of success over the past, what, decade plus? They finished last year with a 9-8 and record, a winning season. They finished second in the NFC North, and a lot of people have them as the favorite to win this division. So when you look at the Lions, do you think they're being overhyped, or do you think that we're really going to be talking about them representing the NFC North as they move on in the playoffs? I think they have a legitimate chance to represent the NFC North. And I think that that is such a difference from what they've had. So keep in mind, I went to grad school just outside of where the Lions play. I was in that market. And Barry Sanders was my favorite player in the NFL for the decade before that. So I've lived, even (laughs) though I'm a Bengals fan, I've lived through a lot of the Lions' struggles over the the years. And so for them to have people thinking they could win, that's a positive but only if they can actually live up to those expectations. If they do, I do think they have a good chance to represent the North. I want to stick there for a second because this fan base deserves this. Like, we don't know if it's going to translate to the success that they're hoping for, but the fact that they're in the conversation to win the NFC North is amazing. I mean, there has been no... I don't know. There's just few fan bases around the NFL that have struggled as much as the Detroit Lions have. Well, yeah, and, and you know, I, I followed one of them, so I, I definitely understand it. <laughs> yeah, you know, right. As a Bengals fan that, that is enjoying kind of being on the way up, uh, I'm hoping that the Lions are on the way up too. You know, they have question marks associated with them, but they finished the season so well last year, and then with Aaron Rodgers leaving to go to Green Bay, right. it just feels like there's a little bit of a vacuum there that they can step into. Um, again, I don't think it's a lock, and I think that that that's where some of the question marks arise is can they play with having the target on their backs instead of being the hunter trying to go after someone else? Well, so much of what we talk about in the NFL starts and ends with the quarterback. Let's talk about Jared Goff. So we know that he was drafted first overall. He's played in a Super Bowl. The Rams moved on from him, and he goes to Detroit, and he's had sort of a regeneration there. And a lot of people are looking at him to take another step again this year. Do you think Jared Goff could be the quarterback in Detroit that everyone thought he would be when he was selected first overall? See, so there's two answers to that question. Normally, if a quarterback is selected first overall, the expectation or the hope is that he can develop into best in the league status quarterback. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that that golf is that. You right. know, he's you know his name is golf. He's my cousin from another mother, but. <laughs> 
you know, he, he's, he's not going to be in the same conversation with Patrick Mahomes um, at any point. I don't think he has that upside. With that said, I do think that he's proven to me at least that he's a definite NFL starter and that he can captain a team to success. And there's value in that. Like, he's not the – when he was traded for Matthew Stafford, the thought was he was like a throw-in player, almost like in the NBA, you call it like a salary filler. They, yeah. they, they threw him in, but they had to, the real trade was for the, the number one draft picks. But I think that he's showing that he's really a legitimate quarterback, but he's just not the best in the league. But he can get the job done. He yeah. can be the quarterback for a team that goes to the Super Bowl. And I think and he that— has been. Exactly, he has been. And I think that the Lions are— And there is something to be said about— when a team doesn't want you anymore and you go somewhere new Mm -hmm. and you have a new mindset and a new motivation. And I also want to talk about Dan Campbell because, Andre, when we first heard Lions head coach Dan Campbell at his press conference, (laughs) I I know I was the first one to be like, what? Is this guy for real? Is he playing the role of football coach Mm -hmm. in this press conference? But the more you learned about him, you realize this is who he is. This is a guy that eats, sleeps, drinks football. He also drinks an inordinate amount of coffee. I mean, was there like eight shots of espresso in his coffee order? But Dan Campbell is a football guy, and he has gotten these players to buy in. He has single-handedly shifted the culture in Detroit, and they had a, a great ending to the season last year. And I think so much are, so much of us are believing in the Lions and believing that they can sustain that and improve upon that because of Dan Campbell. Yeah, exactly. So first of all, if I drank eight shots of espresso at one time, <laughs> my head might actually explode. So kudos to Dan Campbell for being able to do that. But really, yeah, you're right. When he came into that first press conference, it was like they took a quarterback out of – I mean, I'm sorry, a coach out of central casting, right? Like, you know, we're, we're going to write down the college football coach that can give the rah-rah, win one for the Gipper, and I'm going to run through a wall for this guy. And at first it was kind of like, seriously? Yeah. But but no, the team bought into it. And, and that's the most important thing. It really doesn't care what us or anybody else thinks about it, is what can he get the team to buy into. And we saw last year that – they really believed in the second half of the season that they were as good as or better than anybody that they were playing on a weekly basis. So if they can carry that over and actually play with those expectations and live up to that this season, then, yeah, that, that speaks volumes to Dan Campbell and what he's been able to accomplish in a situation that was kind of a desert before he got there. Yeah, they're going to be biting kneecaps in Detroit, that's for sure. Okay, so the division, we don't know what the Packers are going to be with Jordan Love under center. That is uh, an undetermined factor so far. We have talked about the line, the Bears. A lot of people consider the Bears to be one of those teams that could be in the conversation. You know, there's always a team, Andre, that's last in the division that somehow gets to first, and a lot of people think the Chicago Bears could be that with Justin Fields hopefully taking the next step as a quarterback, improving his passing game. He now has a number one target in DJ Moore. Um, but but despite all that, they a lot of people are picking the Lions, but I think we're discounting the Vikings a bit. I know that they had so many games last year where they won tight games uh, by one score, but I still think that the Vikings are the team to beat in the NFC North, even though I love what Detroit is doing right now. Yeah, I, I mean, I could agree with that. That's why I don't think that the Lions are a lock because I, all three teams in their division – could contend you know the Vikings they I think they were so overrated by their record last year that they've become underrated right like they won 13 games last year they 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 
them winning 10 games would be a step back that could still have them winning this division. So I agree the Vikings have to be right there. A lot of people feel like top to bottom, the Packers might have the most talented team in the NFC North. It's it's just a question of if Love is able to drive the ship. And for me, I'm one of those that you were just talking about that thinks that Justin Fields is on the verge of making (laughs) like a mega leap that could get the Bears into contention. So I like all four teams in the NFC North for different reasons. I think the Lions probably should be favored by a little bit over mm-hmm. the rest, but I think all three of them have an argument that they could be right there uh, by, at the end of the season. It's going to be such a fun division to watch. He's Andre Snellings. I'm Michelle Smallman, and that's our ESPN Radio NFL Two-A-Days, a look at the Detroit Lions. Coming up next here on Canty and Carlin, Orioles broadcaster Kevin Brown was removed from his position for referencing the team's struggles versus the Rays. Yes, you heard that right. We're going to let you hear the audio. You have to hear it to believe it. And we're going to play it for you next on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Andre Snellings, Michelle Smallman, Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app and Sirius XM Channel 80. Shout out to Mark on the ones and twos today. That is an absolute bop by JoJo. Get out, leave, in parentheses, leave. Mm. That song hits at any time. But, uh... Yeah, I don't know about you, Andre. That's one of those that I have to turn up and sing at the top of my lungs at all times. <laughs> With as much coffee as I got in my system, everything <laughs> is something I got to turn up and scream at the top of my lungs right now. Yeah, we're going to get a wellness check from Andre at the top of the 6 o'clock hour, but, so stay tuned for that. Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. You can get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. So this has been making a lot of headlines out there, Andre, and I think we need to hear the audio to kind of believe what happened. So Orioles broadcaster Kevin Brown uh, was doing a report before the game against the Rays on July 23rd, and he noted uh, the Orioles' record at Tropicana Field heading into this series in 2023. He has since been removed from his position after this commentary. Here is Orioles play-by-play broadcaster for Masson, Kevin Brown. Brandon Hyde has felt like this has been maybe the toughest ballpark to play in, but the Orioles have a chance to do something special today. They've already clinched at least a split in the series, winning two of the first three, and they could pick up a series win behind Tyler Wells today. It's been a minute. The Orioles split a two-gamer with the Rays in June. They had lost their last 15 series here at Tropicana Field. You have to go back to when our now colleague Brad Brock picked up the win in the series finale June 25th, 2017, the last time the Orioles won a series here at St. Pete. Already got three and two of the Trop this year after winning three of 18 the previous three years combined. It is a stark difference, Ben, and it is not a bad Rays team. It's not like all of a sudden the Rays uh, became slouches in the American League East. They've led this division every day, but now two, and the Orioles once again are back alone in first place. Andre, would you have even thought twice about that commentary, that factual commentary that we just heard from Orioles broadcaster Kevin Brown? Not even a little bit. It, It sounded like exactly the type of thing to say, and honestly, it was like motivational it was like hey this team has struggled but this year we're doing better and we're in first place and it's such a difference that we're so good now like to go from that sentiment to now this man is off the air and potentially fired that just boggles my mind 
Yes, yeah, so the Orioles' ownership reportedly took issue with this commentary from their broadcaster, Kevin Brown. He hasn't appeared on a Masson television broadcast since then. Masson is jointly owned by the Orioles and Nationals, and the Orioles are disputing that Brown was suspended for this commentary. Here is the host of the Michael K show, Michael K, who also is the voice of the Yankees, on the Orioles suspending their play-by-play announcer, Kevin Brown. This is not how it works. Kevin Brown doesn't say it, and somebody who's running graphics in the truck could put together a graphic in two seconds. That's that's put together an hour before that happens. And you're going to suspend this guy for saying that, which wasn't even negative. Again, then everybody in the Oriole PR department has to be suspended. It was in their notes. That very thing was in their notes. This makes the Orioles look so small and insignificant and minor league. And, of course, they don't comment on personnel matters. And they didn't say they fired the guy. They suspended him. But can you imagine how that guy must feel? He has to keep his mouth shut. He can't criticize the Orioles because they don't get fired. So, of course, we look forward to Kevin coming back. But you embarrassed the guy for no reason. And, most importantly, you embarrassed yourself. What you did is disgraceful to the business. Disgraceful. Fans of teams should be lucky when their announcers are allowed to be critical. And that wasn't even critical, Peter. I believe that that was complimentary of the Orioles. It was factual. And Michael Kay is exactly right. We discussed it before the show. I was saying the same thing. Whenever you walk into any baseball stadium, into the press box in America, there are piles and piles of papers printed out that are filled with stat sheets. Those stats would be in the team's PR reports heading into this game, into this series. So I don't know why Kevin Brown simply regurgitating those facts would be so offensive to the Orioles brass. Yeah, and I mean, and it's not even just the fact sheets, which, as you point out, is one level of it. But there was a graphic on the screen while (laughs) he was talking, saying what he was saying. So, I mean... it's the kind of thing that it seems so ludicrous that you wonder, like, is there something else going on here? Because there's no way that you could take someone off the air. It's like they threw the man under the bus, and I don't understand in any way what's happened based on the information that we have. And I thought Michael Kay brought up another really interesting point, Andre, about embarrassing Kevin Brown. Like, yeah. by, by suspending him, removing him from his post because of this benign commentary, mm-hmm. now what does it feel like when he comes back? Yeah. I don't. I would be so baffled and angry and upset. Um, it, it just, it, but you can't make a comment on it because you are working for an organization that is owned by the team. So he can't even really give honest commentary about what happened here. He's just in a really tough position, and he did not deserve this. He did not. And, and not even just the commentary on this situation. In this type of business, right, there's a microphone in front of you, and you're speaking, and you're trying to um, make good points and have good analysis and be entertaining – but so much of this is coming off the top of your head. And so I have to feel like Kevin Brown is going to be hesitant now. You know, what can I say? What can I not say? Especially if there are situations where there are graphics on the screen that you're reading and, and, and giving your opinion on. How many times moving forward might he pause and, oh, wait a minute, hold on. I, maybe, let me, mm-hmm. let me get a voice in my ear. Am I allowed to say that? Right. I, you know, and so it just feels like it's, it's a negative for all involved. Well, John Angelos is the managing partner of the Orioles. Michael Kay, what message needs to be sent to him after the suspension of Kevin Brown? If you're going to be so thin-skinned to suspend Kevin Brown, 
Then you have to suspend the entire Oriole truck, the producer, director, graphics. You have to suspend all of them because they're all complicit in this. And if John Angelos, the owner of the Orioles, didn't like that, that he's thin-skinned, he's unreasonable, and he should actually get a call from Rob Manfred, the commissioner of baseball, because it's unconscionable that you would actually suspend a really good broadcaster for no reason whatsoever. So I worked uh, in St. Louis with Brad Thompson, who was on the Cardinals, uh, in the Cardinals broadcast booth. He won a World Series with them in 2006, did great work with us at 101 ESPN in St. Louis. And you know what he always says, Andre? What's that? If you don't like it, play better. If you don't mm-hmm. like negative commentary, play better. And the Orioles are playing better now, but they're acting like an organization who hasn't played better. Exactly. They're acting like someone that, that doesn't know how to enjoy success. You know, the, the yeah. man gave factual analysis that actually was a bit positive. So, yeah, just enjoy that. He's Andre Snellings. I'm Michelle Smallman. It's Canteen Carlin here on ESPN Radio. And coming up next, Ron Rivera had some interesting comments about his new offensive coordinator. We'll tell you about him next. Thanks for listening to the Canteen Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canteen Carlin, the podcast.